Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this show... Uh, We're going to talk about some of the greatest returns in Colorado Rockies history. Of course, we're still in the aftermath and the glow of this whole Nolan Arenado thing. We're going to dive into that. Some of the most interesting ones. If you're here in the comments on the YouTube, make sure you're sharing with us. You can always throw a super chat to make sure we definitely don't miss yours. And we answer your question exactly as you want. Really, you're in control of the show at that point. (laughs) But before we get into all of that, Patrick, uh, I fell asleep in the press box last night. Uh, the Rockies were one strike away and three, two victory. So I wake up today, assume that all went well. They managed to squeeze out the, the win with Chi Chi on the Hill, which you would have expected as a loss real tough on there, but three to two uh, rookie Justin Lawrence manages to secure the first save in uh, his career and nothing truly and utterly horrifying unfolded at, at Coors Field. Right. Unfortunately, not. No, <laughs> no. Justin Lawrence could not become the 79th player to mm. ever earn a save in Rocky's uniform. I thought it was would have been a perfect spot. It would have uh, almost gone unnoticed. I think to a degree, as you said. You know, we've we've got uh, a topic about great returns at Coors Field uh, history for former Rockies, and we're still in the middle of the Arenado business, as uh, rightfully so, but. It would have been a, a really good, you know, opening moment. I think to uh, what could be a, a really great career, kind of a, a Carlos Estevez like start when we saw him take over the reins in 2016. And by no means is Lawrence, you know, going to be the closer here going forward. It was Daniel Bard needed a day off, yeah. and so uh, unfortunately, you know, he he couldn't get that job done there and um, gave up that tying run in the ninth and, and then, uh, it all went to, uh, it all went to hell after that. <laughs> it couldn't, it couldn't just be a, a four to three loss at that point. Could it? Um, no, no. And I had someone, you know, suggest on, on Twitter, like, Hey, keep Chasin in the game. I let him go the second inning, but it, it was a pretty standard. And again, I, I like that. I like where, where your heads are at. If you're breaking the game down to that point where you're saying, Hey, don't do this, do that. I like that. Send those our way. We love those conversations. But you go and look. Uh, you had two runners aboard. Pitcher spot coming up. You like the matchup there with Josh Fuentes. You only have a one-run lead. You think, what's more likely? Keeping Chassin in there for a second inning, and he gives up the run or, or the game altogether? Or you try to get some insurance runs, and you give it to maybe your second or third best option. You also have to consider the fact that uh, I believe – uh, eight of his uh, Chessine's nine outings that have lasted longer than an inning, he's given up a run. Yeah. So he's he's been better in one inning spurts. And so I, I like that 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 was thrown out there. But you say, hey, you know what? You got to do what you can and say, Lawrence, good luck, Godspeed, and, and unfortunately didn't didn't work out there in the ninth. Yeah, I, I love all that stuff as well. I love the strategy that I also saw people questioning. We got Henry here today again on the YouTube asking us about. 
you know, throwing him an O2 slider after he had beaten him with a couple of sliders. And again, I love this kind of stuff because we've had so few, when the Rockies are competitive, this is what we're doing on every show, right? We're breaking down O2 slider, runner in scoring position. You need one strike. You've got three pitches out of the zone to play with if you want to. I promise you Justin Lawrence is trying to th- bury that slider a bit. Now he's not trying to throw it wild, but he's not trying to leave that in the middle of the zone. But the question stands, kid throws 99 and I know he wasn't, you know, hitting his spots or whatever, but there's no right or wrong. And these are the baseball questions. This is the question that Justin Lawrence is asking himself that Elias Diaz is asking himself that pitching coaches, Bud Black are all talking about today was the answer there bury the slider better, throw a better slider because he beat him on the first two. He looked, got ugly swings out of the slider first two. Well, I think he just gave up on the first one, right? Just beat him with that slider. Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand the temptation. So he to say he's not seeing this pitch, throw it a third time. You put it in a good spot. We've got this guy. Let's not give him the fastball he clearly came to the plate looking for. And he didn't put the most confident swing on it either. He didn't wreck the hell out of that slider. He threw the bat out there and just managed to loop it over the infield. But one pitch away, Patrick, that was uh, – yeah. and to do it again twice. You, you can have the exact same conversation again later with Almonte, right? He as, – as bad as he's been and as bad as it got, and I understand all the conversations about why is this guy even still on the team, he was – he had gotten two outs – and kept the runner at second base who started the inning there and had a great hitter taking ugly swings. He took a, Molina took a hack at a slider that was seven inches outside and barely got a piece of it to keep that at bat going. He swings and misses. You know, we're having a very different conversation here, but still he piped an 0-2 fastball right down the middle and just. Hall of Famer, Yadier Molina. Can't do that. That's that's right. Hall of Famer is going to beat you when you do that. Whether or not he can he can run or even jog to first base is 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 moot. Hall of Famer with the bat behind the plate, and you know the Rockies even in the bottom of the ninth. You go, hey, that's okay. Back to back nights, the walk off win, they had the top of their order up. It was yep. Tapia Hampson's story, and you go, okay, right. you know we're we're waiting for these great storylines, and and even though you know you got you got the walk off in game one by who Elias Diaz, hey, he's not supposed to be a part of this you know, big story about cousin versus cousin and story and Blackman against Arenado and, and all of these, uh, you know, narratives right. and stuff going back and forth. He's not supposed to be a part of it. And you go, oh, man, Tapia, story, Blackman, they all get a chance for the walk-off, even Fuentes there, putting the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It doesn't always work out the way yeah. you would like it. Say, oh, yeah, here we go. Here's what it's setting up for. We haven't had that yet. We might not get that. I do think Arenado will homer this weekend. Um, got to talk to him a little bit yesterday down on the field. And so I, I think I, I said before the game, Saturday or Sunday will be the day that uh, he'll eventually hit his home run. But we haven't we haven't gotten the, the full-on, hey, this puts a bow on it. This guy does, does this thing against Arenado or Arenado does this thing against the Rockies. But yet it's still been compelling baseball. It's Sold out crowd yesterday. Yeah, great crowd last night. And Man. you know, I, I was in the wrong because everyone kept telling me, "What's well, fireworks crowd? They're they're going to pack it out." And I was very doubtful. Honestly, I really was. You know, Arenado's first game back at Coors Field on Thursday night. 
30,000. And you go, you mean to tell me that just because there's fireworks, there's going to be a 50% increase on that? I I just figured there's too many things still happening going on with the pandemic and whatnot that you wouldn't get that that full capacity. I I guessed around 40,000 would be the number. And yet Rockies fans, Colorado baseball fans, you packed it out and it's been a fantastic weekend and we're only halfway through this thing. Yeah. So far. I was going to say, they're going to have another couple of sellouts too. It's going to be uh, amazing. But the, the pandemic definitely gave me pause, but I don't know what it is, man. Every year, no matter how bad the team is, no matter what's going on, uh, they will come out for the damn fireworks. You'll see every year they sell out the three games right around the 4th of July. Like, all right, fair enough. It was one of the best shows I think they've ever had. Does some of that have to do with not getting any action last year? And it's like, whoa, what is this thing? They still have the fireworks from last year. (laughs) I was going to say, it's the same. (laughs) It's the exact same template. Like, these boobs don't realize that for the last six years, we've had the exact same order. Do the red one. Do the blue one. Oh, there's a cowboy hat. Like, (laughs) They don't get, and we don't care, right? There's, there's, doesn't necessarily, nope. there isn't necessarily an art to it. There is. There but is. At but the same time, you yeah. give us the same artwork. You mm-hmm. give us the exact same template every time. Guess what? Yeah. Go America. Yeah, loving it. And to your point uh, about the almost man, there's the two pitches from Lawrence and Almonte that totally swing things. Rymel Tapia drew the leadoff walk in the mm-hmm. ninth. And Trevor's story, I thought he hit that one out. That's how that game was supposed to end. That's yes. That's dumb. That's annoying. <laughs> I'm guessing everyone in the ballpark thought that thought that was gone. They did. And I I said to to Owen Perkins, who was sitting next to me in the box, I said, I I hate that I know the cheat code is you just look at the outfielders. Yeah. You know, you sit in the press box long enough, and yeah, there's balls where off the bat you know it's foul. But if you're at the game because of the angle that you're at, you you don't know if it's fair or foul, and you're up out of your seat. And you're like, this could be it, and you're like, right. that wasn't even off the bat. We could tell that it was foul, and you know enough from watching right. the games. Right, the press box were behind, you, you know, right. home plate. But I I saw you know Bader out in center field, and I was like, settling. Oh, man. he's got. It. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it yeah. just keeps going and going. But you knew it, and man, that would have been. Yeah, I don't. That would have been amazing. The Rockies could have gotten blown out the next two games, and I really don't think that would have mattered. If no one would have cared. Yeah, no one would have cared. No one would have remembered it. Yeah, right. We're gonna we're gonna talk later on in this episode about Coors Field returns and what we remember, what we don't remember, and you know, even baseball players too. You go back and you say, "I remember it was this, it was that," and well, no, you you never played against this team, and. No, that was two years later. And actually, yeah. no, you struck out your first five times and and how yeah. our memories do those things. Had Story hit the walk-off, that would have been it. That would have yeah. been I remember when Story totally dampered on the Cardinals. You know, yeah. they didn't make the postseason that year. I think it was it had everything to do with Story putting it the dagger. All because in. of those two walk-offs yeah. that the Rockies put on them in early. Forgetting all the details about the Cardinals, yeah. you know, injured pitchers and all this Get other all stuff. It doesn't it matter. Fun. And that, that's a wonderful thing about, about being a fan and having these memories is you construct your own narrative, and it's, hey, it's a beautiful thing. Man, that would have been wonderful, wouldn't it? That Sam Hilliard totally screwed up the Milwaukee Brewers for two years. With one swing, he basically Ooh. messed up their whole situation until a couple of weeks ago. They're just now recovering from the home run that Sam Hilliard hit against Josh Hader in the last game 
of 2019. We don't talk about that nearly enough, but for, for anyone who, who doesn't remember, the Brewers uh, basically just need to win one game. They were, they were in first place in the Central. Uh, had they swept, had they even won two out of three, again, they didn't know that go, going in, but they were in control of their destiny. They could have won the Central, so they didn't have to deal with the wild card game. Lo and behold, the Rockies, you know, the Milwaukee comes into town, the site of where Milwaukee did the thing against the, the Rockies the year before in the NLDS, right. and the Rockies said, no, 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 you're not going to win a single game here. Cardinals end up winning division. Brewers have to go to the wild card game. And just like that, they are their season is done. They lose to the Nationals who go on and win the World Series, all because of, as you put it, Mr. Sam Hilliard. Sam Hilliard hit a left on left, two strike, two out home run in the bottom of the ninth off of Josh Hader. Uh, I love baseball so much. Speaking of things that I love so much, I love our sponsors so much. I know it sounds weird and hokey when I say that, but I really do because some of them are things like, well, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook, which helps you earn a whole lot more money and have a lot more fun when you're watching sports, playing along at home, feeling like you know what's going to happen, you know who's going to strike out, who's going to get the big home run, who's going to get the hit, which basketball team or hockey team is going to win. I do think you can still place bets on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to come to the Denver Broncos, stuff like that. There are all kinds of fun stuff. I see people out there all day, every day, sharing their incredibly confident sports opinions on the social media, and I'm here for it. Of course, I do the same, and one of the things that I like to do occasionally, put my money where my mouth is. Not not literally, that's gross. Money's gross. But my digital money, where my digital mouth is, and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to put a little cash down on this. I'm so confident in it. It's a lot of fun to do. Highly recommend you get in it, especially if you're like me, you just do some small dollar amounts low risk bets that sometimes hit and you go, Hey, that was a lot of fun. And sometimes don't, and you're out a couple of bucks and Hey, it was also still pretty fun. So download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code DNBR. When you sign up, turn $1 into $100 in free credits, bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. It's promo code DNBR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to give a huge shout out to our friends at Chevalier Mortgage. If you are uh, having questions about the market right now, all any kinds of, you don't want to go through that stuff on your own. Trust me. You, you want a question about loans, financing, all this kind of stuff. You got to talk to Mike and Virginia. It can be stressful trying to buy a house right now. Trust me. I know if you've attempted the process, you know what I'm talking about. This market is absolutely wild out here in Colorado. Getting your hands around it, your your mind around it can be difficult. Mike and Virginia can take that burden completely off of your shoulders. It's a very difficult process, but they can alleviate the stress and even actually have some fun with you as you go through the process. They've got a great perk for DMVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free shirt or hat of your choice when you do, but most importantly, you'll get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. It's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also uh, call Virginia directly, where is it? 303-257-6578 and Mike directly at 970-412-2472. 
Michael Chevalier, NMLS, number 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS, number 1910631. All right, Patrick. Uh, well, uh, before we get into it, let, let's put one final bow on on last night's game and 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 really the series thus far, and, and talk about one thing we have to before we move into uh, the Coors Field returns. And that is, as you alluded to earlier, the man of the the surprise. Like he's got reporters looking at each other in the press box, going, "Okay, is Elias Diaz?" just really hot all of a sudden or is maybe this guy finally figured something out at the plate becoming the kind of offensive player a lot of people believe that he could be either way right now it's just fun Patrick he's homered in four consecutive games uh in the same season which <laughs> believe it or not so I yeah I, I was the first one I'm 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 good with the computer I'm good with numbers did the research and I was like oh actually has any other catcher ever done that. a lot of guys have actually had four the, the there were yeah. there were three names that jumped out as kind of being a little surprising that um you know guys who had done it one was charles johnson um who had hit uh, homers in four consecutive games the weird thing is he did it over the course of two seasons so he did it at the end of i think 2003 right. and then right at the beginning of 2004 which is kind of funny but hey you did it um so you account much like jimmy rollins had that that hitting streak, hitting that, like, streak. carried over but the two other names that were that were a surprise that did it, Jeff Baker, Josh yeah. Rutledge. Yeah. I was shocked to see those two names yeah. on the list of four consecutive games. Yeah, I, I would have been shocked to see both of those as well, even remembering that those guys had nice moments and nice stretches for the team and, and not have been surprised if maybe they had, you know, some solid hitting streaks or something like that. But four straight games of the homer, yeah, for Baker and Rutledge. Foxy. Foxy Rutledge, uh, that's an old, there's a name. But uh, yeah, our draft king of the game, Elias Diaz hitting a, another homer, uh, also hitting a double, catching Ooh. a nice game. Uh, he, he, you know, we've talked a lot about what the pitchers have been doing lately, and he's been behind the dish for a lot of that as well, helping Chi-Chi navigate, you know, where again, it looked like maybe he was going to get knocked around and just absolutely did not. Um, gave the Rockies every opportunity to win that baseball game. But it's funny, Patrick, because you were on the, uh, four consecutive games with a home run for a catcher thing early. And then the Rockies PR announced it in the press box. And I was sitting right behind him, Rob, when he announced it. And because of the qualifier, I, I was like, that is so on purpose. You yeah. would not have said in a single season, if someone had not done this, split across the two. So yeah, Charles Johnson had hit two home runs at the end of a season for the Rockies and then two at the beginning of the next season. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like the first catcher in Rockies hit, I'm like first, wait, what? And then when he got to the end of yes. in the same season, I'm like, so does this that mean, hold on, that, let me go and look at the dates. It has to have a gun. Only mean one thing that was so Son great. <laughs> Yeah, Fantastic as you mentioned, he's been doing, done a great job in the, the pitching staff. Chi-Chi was asked about it last night. Dude did throw seven innings and only gave up two earned runs. Didn't walk a batter, only struck out one. But still, uh, yeah. you know, did, did a fantastic job, kept them in the game. I mean, he left the game with the lead. Let's not yeah. forget that. Like, he was going to be the winning pitcher at that point. It was a two-run jack, right? So it was like he gave up one pitch, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was it. And uh, yeah, yeah. O'Neill hit the double before, and right. uh, and, and Molina uh, homered, which was actually the first time he had ever done that at Coors Field. Which you would have Wild. guessed. No, obviously he's done I that before. Never would have guessed. So that was uh, that was a surprise. And yeah, he's so he's homered in every single stadium he's played in. Though I believe at City Field he homered in the uh, in the postseason. So he hasn't hasn't actually done it in the regular season. But after the game, you know, Chichi said like, yeah, he he gave he gave me confidence. He gives me confidence. He gives all the pitchers confidence out there. And, you know, you have to be the field general, you know, and that's, you know, it doesn't mean you're literally positioning players all around, um, but you are, you are in charge of the game. You need to know when to go out and have that mound visit, um, what to say to the guy in the, in the dugout between innings. Meanwhile, he's got to get ready for his at-bats, right. but he also has to go and kind of give uh, a little something to, to the the starting pitcher and, and the relievers. And, and he's done a, a fantastic job and you, you, really begin to see. And I think, and that's, that's what's so hard with catchers is, you know, if they're not doing anything at the plate, it's easy to just kind of, you know, poo poo them or just brush them to the side and say, ah, let's move on from this guy. Let's go to someone else. I mean, it's, it's everything that the conversation we had about Tony Walters for three years and you go, but look at his slugging percentage and you go with it. It doesn't matter. It's it's about defense. It's what you what it what it means to handle a pitching staff. And there's only a rare few that are able to combine the offense with the with the above average defense, you know. And it's it's only a rare few that are able to do it consistently. In fact, you know, Yeti Merlina hasn't done it consistently. Buster Posey, sure, he's been hurt, but he's also had a couple down years uh, at the dish. Still probably above average compared yeah. to other catchers. I mean, but you look at at again offensive statistics for catchers. It's one of the reasons why there's there's not a lot of Hall of Fame catchers. Was talking with Manny about this uh, yesterday at the ballpark of like since like the seventies. There's like five catchers that have ever um, been elected to the Hall of Fame. You've got Johnny Bench, Fisk, Gary Carter, Piazza, yeah. Yvonne Rodriguez. Yeah, and then Ted Simmons just kind of got in. He's he's at the back end yeah. of the era. That's literally it. Like on on Ugh. almost on one hand, Hall of Fame catchers, and yeah. you know you understand why. But there's numbers statistically uh, on the offensive side that just don't compare to yeah. guys who are playing other positions right. every day, aren't getting beat up, aren't getting cussed, uh, concussed, aren't getting you know completely train wrecked at home plate, right. which was the case for a while up until a few years <laughs> ago day, because yeah. of Buster Posey. And so you begin to see like, oh, wow, all right, so Elias Diaz is doing a lot of things behind the scenes and same with Tony Walters that we can't see. And you also realize Dominguez is a rookie. Like you yeah. can't have two rookies or two young guys no. on um, uh, dealing with a, with a pitching staff and, and as, as part of your battery. So It's not fair to your pitchers. It's not. It's not. And so yeah. he's he's been incredibly valuable. And, uh, and again, maybe at some point we will see a, a Jose Perseño up at some point this year, but – um, he's again, it's, he's, do, you're, you're doing work as a catcher that just doesn't get appreciated. It's, yeah. it's one of the reasons why so many of them become managers because there's doing, they're doing the things behind right. the scenes right. that wins ball games that there just aren't statistics for. And we'll yeah. never know exactly to what degree, but I think you can at least surmise or take a step back and go, you know what? There's this gray area that we'll never understand. And that unless you're in that clubhouse, unless you're in that dugout, you don't know a guy's value and what he's bringing to the table. Yeah. And we're seeing that right now with, with Elias Diaz or understanding that with Elias Diaz, why they kept him around for three months before he did anything at the plate. Right. 
they they really had to stand by him, man. They they could have they could very easily have been justified in, in listening to the people who are saying just get this guy out of here, and uh, he could end up being a really nice piece for them moving forward. So, yep, that that's fun. That that'll be really interesting. Uh, we'll see if he continues to be a part of the Rockies culture moving forward. We're gonna talk about a little bit of the history of the Rockies culture, uh, some of the stuff like we said of the big returns. But before that, Patrick. You know who's got some phenomenal culture? And that's our new friends, our new sponsors, Ball. We've talked to you a lot about what they do fantastically. You know, they're doing the aluminum cans, and most people know about that, what they produce, that it's a great place to work, and I'll remind you more about that at the end. But there's a lot of places that talk about, you know, diversity and inclusion, and it's just kind of things that they say as companies. But Ball actually means it. They have a culture of belonging is what they called it, but they've been noticed by human rights campaigns. They have a corporate equality index of 100%. Uh, for those of you that are that, that follow these things, that is amazing. Objectively, your background, whatever it may be, it will not prevent you from succeeding, from getting a job, from working your way up the ladder when you go to work for Ball. Just your hard work, your commitment, being your authentic self. They support groups like the Society of Women Engineers. Um, you know, all of this stuff is, is really important. They've been absolutely unstoppable when it comes to being a leader in these categories. If you want to go and work at a place that has phenomenal culture and you can't quite make it into DNVR because I don't think we're hiring right now, <laughs> ball is where you got to be, man. Um, it, it, along with their diverse workforce, of course, you know, it's a whole lot of fun. This, what they do is great for the environment. Uh, all of these things, taking care of recycling and, and, and aluminum cans and championing innovation for the future. So I want to work there. I just I just happen to work here, <laughs> which, which is also great. Uh, they're doing fantastic things. You can be a part of it. If you're interested at all right now, I know there are a lot of people out there looking for work, looking, looking to change things up. Text GOLDEN to 77222. You'll get linked to all their open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Be unstoppable with them out there at Ball. When you, said, when you said culture, it made me think of kombucha. Mm. <laughs> and you know, we went to the culture. ball read. I go, I go, actually, a lot of people use their their mason jars. Uh, if you brew your own kombucha and, and, yep. and the culture, and you've got your SCOBY in there. Uh, so you're still using those products uh, if you're talking about the, the literal type of, of culture and probiotics and what have you. Working everywhere. Falling out. So, yeah, let's talk Rockies returns. Uh, as we've mentioned, this has been a pretty fun one with Nolan Arenado. Uh, th there have been several throughout history, as much as, you know, the Rockies have had this reputation for maybe holding on to their guys a, a little bit longer than other people do. As Drew Goodman mentioned on this show just a few days ago, other than Todd Helton, they've all left. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no one's, uh, you know, we'll see about Charlie and where that goes, but you know, lifetime ball players, Tony Gwynn's, Kyle Ripken Jr.'s, Todd Helton's. George Brett. Super, super rare. And so we'll get into now some of the interesting ones that, are, that have come back and uh, 
<laughs> the the gamut of emotions that that has led to. Yeah, we got seven that we're going to go ahead and and, uh, and highlight. And I don't know, do, should should we start with the, the oldest or, or the more recent? So, I mean, because I think a lot of our listeners probably would remember some of the more recent ones. Yeah, right? let's maybe maybe start there. Yeah, but you know, before Arenado, um, we got we got Carlos Gonzalez back oh, in no. twenty nineteen, and and you know, uh, one of the common themes is uh, coincidentally, it seems like a lot of these Rockies players, uh, former Rockies players, come back to Coors Field very quickly. Like it's like the next year. Yeah, uh, and and in some cases, it was like the first of month. It was like April immediately. It's like you yeah. almost didn't get a chance to miss them to a degree. Um, but I think that that is to the point of, of why, you know, Rockies fans are, are so good because, you know, they don't they don't need a, a long time to miss a player. They, it can be immediate. But, you know, he came back in, in June of of 2019 with the Cubs. And uh, I think there was a little bit of a video package and yeah. he got a huge ovation. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember Twitter was just lit up all over. People were just so excited, you know, to have him back. And that was that was this weird exception. And I think we talked about it in the last week about like, you know, players moving on to other destinations and, you know, guys getting traded away and stuff where it was just, you know, he was a little bit on the older side and I would have thought he, he had a few more years left in him, but he was essentially on his way out, you know, yeah. at, at, he wasn't again, not that old, 33 years old, yeah. but um, you know, they'd signed him to a one year extension, you know, the year prior uh, spent some time in Chicago, then Cleveland and, you know, hasn't been back, but, Nevertheless, man, Cargo has just created so many great memories uh, at Coors Field, specific memories, you know, specific games, the cycle, all those things. And yeah, he got such an, an ovation. And that was that was something that I think I think everyone can can remember as it's fairly recent. Yeah, I think that was maybe the least complicated return. Good call. In Rockies history. Uh, there was just no ill will toward Carlos Gonzalez whatsoever on any level from any Rockies fans at all. Whether you think people should or should not have booed Nolan Arenado, there's a reason that that question consumed not just us, but all of the media and all of the Twitter. There's a reason he was asked about it. And by the way, not by me. Uh about whether or not fans would boo. Carlos Gonzalez was never asked whether or not the fans would boo him. And guess what? No one did. You know, we had the we had the question about 90-10, 98-2, you could hear some people taking out their frustrations on Nolan Arenado, right, wrong, indifferent, whatever. None of that for Cargo. He just he just meant everything to people here. He never you know, seems like, and again, I, it gets wrapped up in certain emotions. He never seemed like his eyes were on the bigger prize that he wanted to go and, and, and be in the bigger city or, or, or go do something else. Even when he was really on that kind of superstar level, he always embraced being in Colorado so much and being a part of the community and being a Rocky. And as much as, yeah, he technically made his debut with Oakland and yeah, he, went out here, you know, Chicago, you can find pictures of him in a Chicago Cubs and Seattle Mariners uniform. No, Carlos Gonzalez is a lifetime Colorado Rocky. Uh, and he just, yeah, he meant so much to the community. I, I think that was my favorite one. Cause there's just no reason for anyone to feel anything negative about it. Like you said, he would 
been traded. He hasn't said anything negative about anybody. He just, anytime in the future, he steps into, he could walk into Coors Field tonight and the place would erupt. It just, what a, what a, what a great relationship that ball player had with his fans, with this organization, with the city, the whole thing, maybe better than anyone in the history of, of the organization. I thought you were going to say he, he steps to, into Coors Field and he, they're going to elect him mayor. I mean, he very <laughs> well, would. he very well could run for office. Yeah. Least controversial. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to find something negative to say, not that I want to say it, but it's like, that's, that's his legacy is, pure positivity you say well yeah. you know he, he was blocking tapia and doll that wasn't his choice he was playing out his contract he was right. doing his thing you go um what if he was a little bit healthier you don't think he played his heart out you don't think he played to 100 percent of his right. ability that's it like that's literally the only thing that you could even remotely say is how is this man not you know right the greatest Rocky of all time, as far as what he delivered, what he meant to the the team, to the community um, during this, you know, period during, during the point in which, all right, the, the 07 squad is done. And that was the moment it's over. Let's move on to the next generation. And then he's there for that. Like in, in that capacity, you make that case as uh, embodying the Rockies, maybe better than, anyone in in franchise history the, yeah. the mayor I, that's it mayor 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 cargo mayor cargo if his body hadn't betrayed him if not for the injuries he's the greatest colorado rocky of all time and maybe even if he doesn't quite get to helton's max numbers of of games played and hits and these other things and as great as todd helton was you know it just all the extra stuff that cargo did for the community, for the, like we've talked about just the, yeah, I, it was right there. It's really, it really sucks what injuries can do to, to some of these promising careers, man. But next on our list, Mr. Troy Tulowitzki. Speaking of which came back, got an uproarious ovation yeah. from the crowds. Again, that one was easily the most controversial I think of anything and, and controversy isn't, isn't the word it's, it isn't the right word. It's um, you know, raw was a word I think that, uh, that, you know, kept coming up. And I think it, for some people, it may still be a raw topic, right? Not Tulowitzki yeah. himself, but the topic of Tulowitzki, his trade, Jeff Breidich, all of those things, right. You know, kind of embroiled together. Um, it, it still could be raw. Whereas with Arenado, I don't, you know, it's maybe, maybe it's a, there could be some rawness. I keep thinking if he says the wrong thing in, in the next year or two or whatever, then maybe that reopens a wound. But, uh, the, the article that, that got published this morning, um, one of the words that, uh, Jenny Kavnar, you know, used and, and as well as a few of the other people I, I spoke to was, there was this closure, right, it, it, to to an extent. I don't know that's true for everyone, but I think maybe for a, a lot of people there, there was some closure, and it, there's still some rawness with with Tulowitzki because I don't think you know he hasn't come back necessarily into the fold of of the community. Larry Walker hasn't necessarily done that, but his number's going to be retired. You know, he's he's in a better place, right, with the Hall of Fame. So you feel yeah. like you feel like maybe he's gotten that closure. 
whereas Tulo hasn't necessarily gotten that closure. And so it's this thing that kind of still looms large. It's it's still lingering to an extent, you know? Yeah. This one, I've been thinking about this particular relationship a lot the last couple of days with relationship with Nolan coming back. And it's it's really fascinating to me because those those Joshua Fuentes quotes came out and I saw a lot of people running with them saying, I, you know, I don't believe that Nolan wanted to leave. I believe that Nolan wanted to stay. And I believe that too. I believe that Nolan wanted to stay, just not as much as he wanted to leave. <laughs> So look, I get it. Human beings are complicated. You can have conflicting emotions. And it sounds like he was remarkably conflicted about it. But you can't change the fact. And this has been reported now in these same reports where people want to take all of the other stuff, you know, the laundry. And here's what Dick Monfort said. And here's what Jeff Breidich said. You can't, you got to take it all together. The literal laundry. <laughs> demanded the trade. Troy Tulowitzki was irate that he was traded. He did the opposite of demand a trade. He walked into Jeff Breidich's office at the beginning of the 2015 season and said, tell me you're not doing this. I'm, I want to be here. I want to be a Colorado Rocky. I am texting zero messages to the St. Louis Cardinals. I have no interest in legacy chasing or in ring chasing or in any of that stuff, I want to be here. And to Jeff Breidich's credit, that was probably not what was best for the team at the time. And so he traded him anyway. And Tulo was pissed. <laughs> There's a famous story about the night he got traded in Chicago and him storming into Jeff Breidich and Dick Momford's office and giving him every piece of his mind. So I believe Troy Tulowitzki when he says, I wanted to be here, I wanted to stay. It's far more complicated with the other guy who actually demanded a trade. And, and so it's funny that the, the source of the controversy with these two players is kind of the exact opposite, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're almost these, these polar opposites. And it's fascinating. I, I, I'm with you, though. I hope that the community and everyone, and now that Breidich is out of the picture, Tulo, and, and, and they can – they can fix that relationship and they can bridge that gap. And we've talked about it with Goodman, but it, because he also got a pretty great ovation from the fans, there were some boos. He had made his country club comments. He had, you know, gotten into a scuffle with Ubaldo Jimenez by that point. Um, and, and Tulo also had, and, and I'll keep bringing this stuff up. He had a much more combative relationship with the press. So once Tulo was gone and fans were inclined to hop on board the country club comments the press here blew that up and was like yeah get too low that nonsense the country club comments are bullshit too low but then when nolan makes his curtain call comment no big deal no big deal no big deal no big deal press responded to those two things very differently and in my mind they're about the same <laughs> you know but too low always had a much more combative relationship with the press so hopefully that can be fixed as well. And he's a prickly customer. I get it. He, he was tougher to ask questions, but you ask, he's like Ian Desmond. You ask Troy Tulowitzki a dumb question. He'd laugh right in your face and make you feel stupid. And I get it. People don't like that. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of success, you know, with, with university of Texas, you know, they went to the college world series. So you hope that, you know, I don't, he's not going to have the same 
closure that, that Larry Walker did, you know, getting in the Hall of Fame, getting his number retired. Maybe, maybe the number retired, that, that's a long way down the line. But maybe he can find success elsewhere where you go, you know what? I don't, you know, feel bad an extent, right? And no one should really feel bad for Larry Walker. He's, he's lived a great life. And he, would, he would tell you that himself. <laughs> but, you know, to a certain point you go, what's like, why don't the Rockies retire his number? Too and bad, why yeah. don't, why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Like you, you feel bad for him yeah. in that capacity, right? And you, you sort of feel like that for Tulo too, whose body betrayed him. And you got to hope, okay, hey, maybe he, he gets a head coaching job in, in college of baseball, or, you know, maybe he goes the minor league route. Not every star player wants to, you know, be riding those buses and, and jumping on the, those little puddle jumpers, you know, uh, in, in around the minor leagues and, and kind of totally. pay your dues in that way. Um, so you, you hope maybe as, as a coach, if that's what he wants to do, you know, he'll, he'll find some, some success with that. So yeah. uh, Dexter Fowler, next hey, up on our list. Another pretty uncomplicated one. Yeah. Right. Dexter Fowler exists in that perfect spot. That's the job. If I, cause I, I could never have been a star athlete. If I had the talent or whatever, I would have been Zach Greinke or Tim Lincecum. Like, you know, these people that like, I would have had a really hard time with it. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. But being the Dexter Fowler where you're never the star on the play on uh, the team, you're just a role player. All the fans love you. All your teammates love you. You're never expected to carry the team and win. He's, had a nice career and everyone loves him. What a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, he's had a, a very long career. I mean, shoot, it's 13 years now at this point. It's, you know, crazy to, to, to yeah. think about it, but yeah, he, he returned in uh, 2015. So he, his return was a little bit longer um, after he was traded to Houston. Houston uh, played the NL East that next year. So, Rockies fans had to wait a little bit longer and um, again, you know, good ovation, no, no hard feelings, you know, great smile, um, good to the media, all those things. And so that was really nice uh, seeing him return uh, with, with the Cubs. And it probably also helped that Cubs also, you know, they, their fans pack out Coors Field too. So uh, that, that helped with the, uh, the ovation that he would eventually receive. The thing I like about Fowler is he's been back a couple of times mm -hmm. and and the fans always recognize him, right? Yeah. And and again, it's just this sort of and it's great because he wasn't Cargo or Tulo or Walker or Helton or Nolan or you know, any of these guys. He was just everyone just really liked him and remembered that he played here for a long time. And you go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got we see you, we like you, we still dig, we we love what you're about. Glad to see you're still doing it's just Total respect. Love it. Love Dex. Random question, Drew. Can yeah. you think of any Rockies players to ever appear on Saturday Night Live? Huh. I should know. Okay. <laughs> I should know this. I, if, if it's ever happened, if it's I'll a, tell I you, yes, it has happened. There's, if it ha if it's there's happened, one that it, comes it, to memory. I, I'd have to, I'd have to really think harder and really this, dig deep. But I, I know of one. Is it's, it's going to have to be a semi obscure one, because, yeah, I can't think. The only I can think of like when the Cubs and the Astros, after winning the World Series, went on SNL, 
So I'm trying to think of if they're so is it so it's got to be Dexter Fowler then. There you go. There I was gonna say you should be kicking there yourself it is. at this. Yeah, point. it was right. him and Rizzo and and Bryant and someone maybe uh, maybe and, and Rizzo well, not Bryant but uh, David David Ross was I think the David Ross. Name. Okay. And they all sing "Go Cubs Go" with Bill Murray. That's and, right. There was a there was a, a one scene I can remember in the in the late '90s where Chris Kattan was a kid and he's had baseball posters all over his room, and then all these. Uh, players file out from the closet, you know, with dust and like, hey kid, just follow your dreams. And then it ended up being like 15 players coming out smoking cigars. Hey kid. <laughs> and they're yeah. And they're like Sammy Sosa is running around naked on the front lawn. And he's like, hey kid, your mom's pretty hot. And it was, you know, it was great. And so I don't think there are any Rockies guys at least active at that time. I'd have to go back and find out. I can remember Mark Goodzelanic being in that skid and uh, that was Love uh it. That was an interesting one, yeah. But but good old Dexter Fowler, SNL, Singing Colorado Rockies, go. love that. How about Mr. Matt Holiday, another Cardinals player? Yeah, that would eventually return to Coors Field twice. And <laughs> you, we we talked before the show, and I I I liked your angle. I think his second return was even better. Yeah, yeah, double returns. You got, you got to always got. I remember being at that game when he first came back uh, with St. Louis, and again mostly very uncomplicated there. Everyone, you know, he didn't demand a trade. The contract situation did. It was like if Trevor was to get traded right now, no fans would have ill will and and, and people would understand. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was just one of those situations where you go, everyone loves this guy. He's back. But then years later, he actually comes back to the team. <laughs> he gets to do it again. He gets to to wear purple one last time and, and hit a big home run or two down the stretch for the Rockies in 2018. Uh, so, yeah, he, he got a – and I'm pretty sure there were video packages and standing ovations both times and all that. Remember this guy? Remember 2007 and how he should have been the NL MVP and how – Almost won the World Series, but then everybody had to sit at home for 10 days before going and playing a baseball game, which is something that never happens. Yeah, that was that that return was was so great. And yeah, Vinny Castilla did that twice, but uh slightly different circumstances, especially because it came during the time in which, you know, the the Rockies were the the heartbeat of of the city at that point. And in 2018 with them going to the postseason, you know, his, his first game back at Coors field as a player was uh, in July of 2010 with the Cardinals. And he went out and he homered in that first game and hit two homers in the second game. Yeah. How about that? He could rake. Matt Holiday really is a, but he's not a hall of famer, but he's way closer to being a hall of famer than I think people realize. Like he was an elite hitter his entire career. Yeah, he's very much in the hall of very good, and I yeah. and you know having one MVP on your resume, you know sometimes can be the different. I mean, look at Larry Walker; took him ten times to get in. Right. If he did not have that MVP, you go, oh yeah, but he still has all the same numbers, but he doesn't have an MVP. Yeah, and sometimes that can be somewhat of a tipping point, you know, mm. for for a case, and that could be the thing that that holds him back. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, of course, our our Blake Street Bombers, Larry Walker, which was immediate. As soon as he was traded, later that season, he made his uh, uh, return. Uh, Vinny Castilla, June of 2001. He had to wait three years because he was with Tampa Bay for a while. 
Dante Bichette immediately April of 2000. So it's like almost, almost immediately, right? Like, Hey, where's Dante Bichette? Oh, he's just in the other dugout. Wait, what? This is my, <laughs> this is my first game. I'm going to the season. And, and I saw Bichette, but he was on the other team and Galarraga also April uh, of the next year in yeah. 1998. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and all those guys, again, yeah, you, you look back on the bombers and it was an appreciation of an era and those guys get standing ovations to this day and, and well-earned, you know, that's right. <laughs> It'll be great seeing uh, some of those guys. I think uh, it's just Walker and Castillo, as far as I saw from uh, the play ball park, the fan fest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Hall of Famers going out to that event, so that'll be yeah. that'll be really uh, fantastic. And uh, I do I do have one more. I do have a I have one more return uh, okay. for you. Actually, technically two. So Ryan Spielberg did Ryan Spielberg's ever play at Coors Field in a different uniform? Yes or no? Putting you on the spot. This is for the people at home. Think about it too. Did Ryan Spielberg's Ever play at Coors Field in another uniform? In another uniform. I just remember most of his post-Rockies career being like Japan and mm-hmm. and and international baseball and stuff. Um, Spring training with Texas. Go with your gut. My gut says no. But I feel like that's wrong. I feel like I'm missing because I'm setting you up. Because <laughs> you're, I feel like you're setting me up. No, go with your gut. Your gut okay. is correct. He he okay. never. How about Corey Sullivan? Now Soli played a little bit longer for a couple of other teams, but my yeah. recollection is that those were American League teams. I think he had a year or two with the White Sox. Am I remembering Soli's career properly? Maybe Houston, but Houston was in the National Houston, League back then. Houston, and it was NL at that time, so that that could be helpful. So then, yeah, because I know he played for Houston for for a couple of years. I'll say, yeah. All right, so he did it as a member of the Mets, actually, and in his first game that he played at Coors Field as a returning player in the Mets. He came in as a pinch hitter, and what did he do? He hit a triple. He hit a triple. How about that? Love it. The guy who hit two triples in the same inning in his first game back. Got to ask him about that. Got to have him back on the podcast. Got to do it. Again, you can't can't write that stuff. Uh, September 1st, 2009. And then finally, let's just finish on, you know, who we might be excited to see back. In the future, and I think, uh, you know, DJ LeMahieu is is the biggest one. The Rockies yeah. played the Yankees in 2019, but they only traveled to New York. Yeah. New York didn't travel to Colorado. And I'm not sure when we're going to get it because uh, on one hand, you could say it's going to be the East uh, coming uh, to to Colorado and, and playing the, the NL West next year. But uh, in speaking with someone, I think they've kind of – uh, move some things around a little bit. So uh, the NL West may be making up uh, the AL Central interleague play that they were yeah. supposed to have during the pandemic last year. So they're kind of, I think, going back in reverse to make up for that. So we'll see if maybe the Yankees will get on the schedule in 22 or 23. But that will be not, that will be the most anticipated next 
big return of a guy that we know is on another team. There's a couple of guys on the yeah. team right now that could <laughs> go somewhere else. And then we'll talk about that when it happens. But until then, LeMahieu tops on the list. Yeah. And again, one that I, I think would be pretty un, uncomplicated it, it, from a fan's yeah. perspective. There's just much love for LeMahieu. Um, no one really blames him for leaving, which again is funny. It's like, you know, we, we always have this conversation about how many of the details of the thing do you know? And, uh, you know, in most people's minds, the Rockies didn't offer DJ LeMahieu anything, and instead they wanted Daniel Murphy, and they gave him that contract, and they chose Daniel Murphy over DJ, and they spurned him, and so no ill will there. It's not at all, not even close to what happened. The Rockies offered DJ more years and more money than he actually ended up signing for at the beginning of the offseason. He and his agent turned it down, thinking they were going to get more. They did eventually. To their credit, they did eventually. It was probably the right long-term play, but it was literally like, no, DJ turned the Rockies down to go play in New York and eventually get more money, which he had every right to do, and he has earned his money. But it is funny that he, like, he's left in free agency. It happens. It's, yeah. It just it does happen. It does. Uh, Tony Walters. And again, if you got a super chat or just want to let us know in the comments if you're watching here live, on YouTube, which you can do pretty much every day. Uh, let us know who you're excited to see when they come back. Got Tony Walters when he kind of finds a landing spot. It'll be cool to see him again. I think you get a nice These are all non-video package yeah. <laughs> players. LeMahieu might get a video package. That would be an interesting question. I'm going to say I yes. Would, I would say yes. Short, short one, but yes. I mean, statistically speaking, he's got to be the best second baseman in Rockies history, right? And then Eric Young is is further back but you know it's pretty comfortably i, I would say and so uh yeah I, I would hope that they would make a big but you're right yeah a little little you know, the crowd appreciating tony walters love to see something like that yeah Frodo para actually hasn't come back yet right. um he was with san francisco at the beginning of the season so you go oh inner division that's it's gonna happen in 2019 no he ended up going to the nationals uh, so he has yet to to be back at, right. at Coors Field. And Washington does play uh, later on in, in September. It's actually the final series. So maybe uh, we'll get to see Gerardo Parra. David Dahl, banged up. He's with Texas. We'll see him come back. Again, not a video package guy. And a player that you brought up that maybe opens up an interesting conversation that will kind of wrap things up is – you know, relievers, a lot of relievers, you know, come and yeah. go and some have are, are more memorable than others for positive things. Adam Ottavino went out on a high note, you know, signed a very good deal in New York, was an integral part of the team in 17 and 18, uh, very well appreciated, but relievers just don't ever typically get any love. They're just relievers well and also just like pragmatically doesn't it feel weird like giving a guy on the other team a standing ovation right before he takes in that bat feels somehow normal and you also know there's a decent chance he's going to strike out or roll one over to shortstop no matter what happens because hitting a baseball is really hard but cheering the 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 other guy running out of the bullpen like has that ever happened for any like who's a great reliever who's had like a, a really strong, uh, maybe Craig Kimbrell uh, with Atlanta when he left, when he first came back, I'm sure there was some kind of ovation, but I just have a hard time picturing in my head, like a, a standing O for the other team's closer coming out. Like you're trying to win, you're trying to win a baseball game if the other team's closer is coming out to the hill right now. 
Yeah, I, Kimberly even won a, a World Series with Boston. So you go, eh, maybe Boston will give him a little yeah. smattering. They'll they'll take it a little bit easier on him uh, when he's warming up in the bullpen there in right field. And trying to win today's ball game, man. <laughs> but yeah, relievers are are some of the unsexiest. It's one of the unsexiest positions. It's, right. it's like the punter. You know what I mean? <laughs> or an offensive lineman. It's like you almost shouldn't notice them. Uh, when you do notice them, it's because they did something wrong. Yeah. And it, it's unfortunate. But, yeah, yeah, Otto, uh, that'll, that'll be cool to if, if and when uh, he ever possibly returns. We'll see. He's a free agent after this year, uh, pitching really well with Boston. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's going to be kicking around a little bit, and maybe he will have a, have a return to Coors and- Field. And I do think about, you know, it's funny. We're talking about this a little bit before we came on too. And, uh, you know, we're wrapping up here. So it's a whole can of worms. It's like starting pitchers because the Rockies haven't had the longest history of, of great starting pitchers, certainly in some people's minds, you know, and then, you know, they haven't really come back or like Ubaldo came back under weird circumstances and also not pitching well and stuff like that. Um, if he even pitched at Coors Field, I'm trying to remember. I know they played against him. Uh, but stuff like that. So, you know, but in this future group, that'll be really interesting. If guys like John Gray and Armand Marquez do end up on another team, you know, I would hope they would get a really solid ovation and and talk about, are they video package guys? Are they not video package guys? I honestly think those two dudes have earned that at this point. Um, if either is to end up pitching for another team and they come back and they make a start at Coors Field, you know, I, I'd like to see that. And I don't think that there's really been that for, for starting pitchers in their history. So. No, no. Tyler Anderson didn't get one earlier this week. I mean, <laughs> yeah. nobody else has a, has a chance. Two Pomeranz. Or Tyler Chatwood, who did did oh, come Chatty. back as, as a reliever. Yeah. And incidentally enough, as I was researching last night, um, you know, Rockies relievers who have, have recorded a save, thinking Lawrence was going to be the 79th. Learn that fun fact here that uh, might win you a free drink at the DNVR bar or wherever you're, uh, having a good time down at the ballpark, but the youngest player to ever record a save in Rockies history, Tyler Chatwood, 22 years old. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Right. I know that's, that's crazy. You say, Oh, he's active. There's a hint. And that just makes it even harder. Almost, just, right? Yeah. That, that just messed me up even more. And no, Ubaldo never, never started at yeah. course field. Yeah, yeah. Never, never played, never pitched a course field. Oh, I had an opportunity it was in spring training there last year. That would have been a, another Matt Holiday-esque yeah. return. Chassin, yeah. another guy, got that one. And, and, and much to the point, right? Like, Chassin had a very nice career for the Rock. Now, during a time when they were not good, and we, we've gone through all of that. But, you know, in terms of, like, war or whatever, he's like fourth or fifth place all time for Colorado Rockies. He comes back, nobody cares. <laughs> And I yeah. get it because at the end of his career or whatever, but so was Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday was not the player that he used to be, but he gets a huge rock of salvation. I get it. But a little, some Chassin love. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it, it's like you said earlier, it's been a really fun uh, start to the weekend so far. I think it's going to continue to be a blast as much as the game did get out of hand and the final score looked ridiculous. He's been two very good, very competitive well-played, high-energy, high-juice, great, fun baseball games. And so the weather's been fantastic. Yeah. The fans have been really great. They've been amped up. It's, it's been, again, we're only halfway through the weekend, but it's, it's been, it's been wonderful. It's really really been wonderful. When you add in 
of course they swept the pirates but then the game that marquez had this has been the best week of baseball of rockies baseball of the season pretty easily i think best since 2019 because again no fans last year so yeah that makes it easy and 2019 went off the rails you know even as we said earlier in the podcast they swept the brewers Uh, okay cool good you won three games in a row that meant a lot more to them than did your organization yeah who cares right now is the time to care it, it, it feels good it feels yeah. good been a lot of fun join us for the next couple of games have some fun out there celebrate with your breck brews and your solace mads and your strava Croft coffee very responsibly um go to fireworks shows if you live in a neighborhood <laughs> just from me to people from an anxious person with anxious pets to those of you out there please don't set off a bunch of fireworks randomly all throughout the night in your neighborhood I'm just asking. I'm not telling. Just asking. You live in a state in which forest fires are just more rampant than they should be, and yet, yeah. mm, come on. Go to shows. There's some come great on. shows. You don't even have to go to the ball game. Stand outside Coors Field in low. It's amazing. Just stand out there with all the people and watch. It's an incredible there's some rooftop experience. bars and stuff that you could go and hang yeah. out at. You could see yeah. them from the DNVR bar. You walk over to uh, City Park. You got a lot of oh, options. Celebrate responsibly in all facets, but also, you know, under the influence of Solace Meds and Breck Brew. <laughs> Just trying to help you out there. So also subscribe to the DNVR.com so that way you don't miss out any of the written content. Patrick's been writing banger after banger this week, finally getting back down there, having one-on-ones with people again. It's been phenomenal uh, to see all that stuff. I've got some stuff on Marquez and Austin Gomber coming your way. So subscribe to the DNVR.com. You get access to all the written content, the Discord channel, so you can be chatting with us 24-7 about anything and everything under the sun. We're throwing you constant discounts and uh, shirts and hats and all that kind of stuff. The bigger beer down at the DNVR bar. All that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies, and that you're just continuing to be the most awesome and raucous and fireworks-driven fans out there in the world. We love you. We love to see you at the ballpark. And until next time, well, we will see you at the ballpark.